Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, quite well. It is. Yeah, we are drinking Tom Collins, and turns out they're fucking delicious and strong. Yeah. Tom Collins, like, it's kind of an older drink. Yeah, we went a little retro, if you will. Uh, Yeah, I used to drink these because my mom drank them, like... (laughs) Back when I first turned 21, yeah. I'd go to the bar and be like, I don't know what to drink. I don't know what to drink. And so it was one of my go-tos when I first started drinking. <laughs> but I've only ever had them with a mix. And so we made them from scratch. And turns out they're super delicious yeah. and very, very drinkable. So it is, okay, let me see if I can get this right. Yeah. Two ounces of gin, okay. which we got the... Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God. We got the Ryan Reynolds gin. Ooh. I can talk. Good Lord. I know. Yeah. That turned out to be pretty tasty. But Ryan Reynolds, like he's a good looking guy. So. Ooh la la. And it's a good gin. So. Yeah. So that was very tasty. I'm glad I got it. Um, Okay. So gin, lemon juice. We did fresh lemon juice. You do an ounce of that. Two ounces of gin, an ounce of lemon juice, and then a half an ounce of simple syrup. Okay. And then you sort of shake that up and put club soda on top. Top it with club soda. Boom. Oh, my goodness. They're just easy. This is our third. Well, and they get... Well, I mean, we keep topping off, so who can say? <laughs> so... Who can say? I want to jump into my story, but I did have to ask real quick. People have been asking, how is the lobster rolls? <sighs> okay. The lobster rolls. So, they started off a bit of a bummer mm. because we had that ice storm. And so they were supposed to be delivered on Friday and mm-hmm. we had this giant ice storm. So they did not get delivered. They got, well, and I think there was another ice storm back east. So they got stuck in Kentucky forever. Oh. And so I didn't get them until five days later. Wow. So I was pretty bummed then, but they were fucking delicious. Okay. Oh my God. They were so good. Good. So rich. Like I ate a couple of them uh-huh. and I feel like I am done with lobster for a while. <laughs> Well, good. Okay, yeah. I did see the picture, so it did look it did look yeah. Pretty tasty. We'll have to post the pictures. Yeah, mm. Michelle's lobster roll that she <laughs> talked about from the last episode. Oh my God. I have been obsessed with motherfucking lobster rolls, but no more, no more. You got your fix. I'm Done. all set. I'm all set. All right, let's jump into it. Let's. So this story. Okay, this is a heavy one. I'm sorry oh, okay. already in advance. It's probably good. I'm a little drunk. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Oh. Oh. This story is about Kanan Carter. Okay. And Kanan Carter. I think that's how you say your name. That's what I heard at least, so I'm so sorry. Let's go with it. Okay. So he's 32 years old, and he lives in Orlando, Florida. Oh, I like Orlando. Yeah, I know. Am I not going to like Orlando after this? Probably not. Oh, okay. Like Walt Disney World. Kanan. Beautiful. Okay. So it is June 16th, 2016. Okay, pretty recent. Kanan's friend, Antonio Brown, he's 30 years old, and he invited him out to go to the Pulse nightclub. Okay. And he really is like, I don't really want to go tonight, but he's like, come on, it'll I'll be a rally. lot of fun. Fine. Exactly. Especially because it was salsa night. Oh, fuck yeah, it's salsa night. So there was a lot of Latin music, margaritas, salsa, you know, you name it. Michelle's in the corner eating chips and guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the two of them went there and they're having a great time. But Kanan uh, starts to feel like it feels a little eerie that night. It just feels off because he really didn't want to go. He was there. He was having fun, but something was not right. Okay. His friend needed to go to the restroom. So he went with him and kind of stood outside waiting for him to come out. Okay. Yeah, I've done that before. Right? Usually women go inside, though. You know, yeah, that's true. I usually wait inside. I meet a lot of friends at the cl- <laughs> in the bathroom in the bathroom. In the line. Yeah, <laughs> but it's now two a.m., so it's starting to slow down. Last calls are happening, and okay. You know. So we're getting to the end of the evening. Mm-hmm. Antonio's still in the restroom. Yep. Kanan's hanging out outside waiting. Exactly. Okay. Then all of a sudden, he heard loud pops. Yeah. And at first, he thought it were firecracker. Oh. At first, he thought it was firecrackers, but then he smelled gunpowder. Oh, oh my God. Yes. I know. Yes. It the is Wonder a story. The sounded so I familiar. Know. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Ah! Oh my I'm God. So I'm already emotional over my story. Oh, good Lord. And then I, I have this whole... Okay. Sorry. Just you wait. Just, oh, oh, just you wait. Okay. So sorry, everyone. So Kanan understands the situation that he is in. What is happening there? So it all just sort of click, 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 and you realize what's happening. Mm -hmm. So he grabbed Antonio, and they started to run with a huge group of people trying to escape this club. Oh, God. All of a sudden, Kanan wakes up on the floor, (gasps) and he has been shot in the leg. Oh, God. So he, like... Blacked out. Blacked out. Yeah. He was running, and then all of a sudden, he wakes up on the floor. He didn't feel any pain when he got shot, but when he woke up, there was some after pain for sure. He can tell he was shot in the leg. So he is now unable to walk in in pain. So he started to crawl. He crawled near the bar, so he had some cover, and he felt safer there because Mm. he was out in the open, you know. Oh, my God. And actually, when he was crawling, he saw Antonio near the bar. So he crawled to him, but Antonio screamed at him, don't touch me, don't touch me. And he was in a lot of pain because he was in a lot because he got shot too. Yeah. He was actually, he took out his phone and called police. He told them like, hey, there's a shooter and, you know, Pulse. But little did he know that hundreds of calls were coming in already about what was happening. Uh, so he laid the phone down next to him just so the shooter wouldn't see oh, him calling. You could play dead a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So he was actually going in and out of consciousness, but he could hear the gunman come back and he was reshooting bodies, making <gasps> sure they were dead. Oh my god, that is terrifying. Right? Oh my god. I can't even imagine. So unfortunately, Kanan, he was shot again. <gasps> But he had no clue what happened. So he shot him in the abdomen. It shot out his small intestines and his kidneys. Oh my gosh. Everything happened so fast. He couldn't even see the gunman. Yeah. He was just, the guy was just going. Just pure chaos. Oh my God. Yeah. He said he knew he was going to die and he knew it was his time. He repented and thought of his partner, Aaron Torres. And Aaron was actually out with their other friends somewhere else. So he was oh, even so, at the club. Oh, my gosh. After a while, all of a sudden he hears police. He remembered a cop yelling at him if he could walk. And he's like, no, I've been <laughs> no, shot. No, man, <laughs> I cannot walk. My intestines are there. <laughs> oh. like, uh, so the cop dragged him to the curbside. And then he heard another policeman yell, is there anyone who needs to go to the hospital? And the last thing Kanan remembers is that the policeman who dragged him said, this man young, this young man here. 
Oh, God. All of a sudden, nothing. Oh. He doesn't remember oh, anything. He's blacked out again. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Kanan was taken to the hospital, and he was actually pronounced dead. And he was in the morgue. What? His, his sister said that she wanted to say her goodbyes. So they let her go back. So he's laying on a table. Oh, my God. Caitlin. I know. I just hard goosebumps. Right? Oh. So there was, since there were so many fatalities, there was 49 fatalities. Oh, my gosh. So they were pretty much all in the room. Yeah. So she uh, went in, grabbed his hand, and told him his siblings and nieces needed him. Kanan doesn't remember, but apparently he answered her. And she freaked out, ran out of the room to get doctors. But they said it was just like an an after action. Like... The exhale. Exactly. You know, a dead body or some Mm -hmm. such thing. So the doctors came in and asked him to move his left leg. But he was shot in his left leg. So, like... (laughs) Stop asking! Oh my god, damn it! Stop asking about walking or his leg. Doctors ask better questions. Realizing their mistake. (laughs) uh, Well, that's good at least. (laughs) They asked him to put a like give a thumbs up, and he did. And they immediately said, "Get him off the table," and took him into surgery. Oh my god, that's wild. Is that wild? That's wild. Ah, so okay, so he was in a coma for a whole month before he woke up. And when he woke up, he had tubes in his nose and his mouth, and he now weighs 90 pounds. Oh, my goodness. He lost so much weight. Oh. Oh. His first thought was, thank God I'm here, and then immediately, is Antonio okay? Oh, Kanan, I love you. I know, right? Oh, oh. my God. But unfortunately, Antonio did not survive. Oh, I know. I know. I'm so sorry. Ah. This is the worst. It is the worst. I'm rage quitting this whole thing. <laughs> Sorry. So Kanan's family tried to protect him from the media, watching the news, and they just didn't want him to relive that or be traumatized be re- by it. Re-traumatized again. But he had to know what happened. Oh. So he eventually did this on his own so he could hear everything that happened. Because you you have to know, though, too. Like, yeah. I went through this. Why? Why? Oh, what happened? Gosh. So <sighs> the shooter was... 29-year-old Omar Mateen, and I don't care if I say that wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> Fuck you, Omar. He killed 49 people that night and injured 53. So injured an additional 53 yes. over the 49? Yes, yeah, so 53, you know, oh my survived gosh. those injuries. But there were more people. I mean, there was at least over 100 people at the club. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess so. It'd mm-hmm. be, I'm sure packed. Oh. So... He had a semi-automatic rifle and a 9mm Glock semi-automatic pistol. Mm. During his shooting rampage, Omar called 911 and mentioned the Boston Bombers and said that they were homeboys. You know, he was just... Oh, is that right? He was just boasting. He just wants to get attention. Yeah, yeah. So at 2.45pm, so at 2am, things started, you know. So at 2.45, it's gone on for 45 minutes now. And that's when that's when he called News 13 over of Orlando and that he was the shooter and this was on behalf of ISIL or ISIL instead of ISIS it's ISIL so that's Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant sorry I'm not sure ISIS is the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria yeah I don't know I've not heard of that first one yeah I didn't either I thought it was a typo because I'm like it's not ISIS I looked it up but yeah it's it's kind of two different things yeah wow. So, he said that this triggered by a U.S.-led bombing strike in Iraq. 
that killed the military commander oh, of so ISIL. He's just taking revenge upon mm-hmm. himself too. Yeah. I see. He wanted the US to stop bombing his country. Oh, so he went in and shot a whole bunch of people. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to be a total bitch and you know, of course I don't want to see anybody's countries bombed. But right. I don't think that That's not the way to go about it. Yeah. Omar even texted his wife and he's like, Have you seen the news? She said no and he says, I love you. She says I love you back and that was pretty much it. Hmm. He had some hostages. And said that he was wearing a bomb vest. Oh, I see. So it is now. Was he? Do you know? No. Oh, so it was a. Right. So it is, it is now 5 a.m. So this has been going on for hours. He was, you know, going back and forth with policemen and stuff like I that. See. So SWAT arrives now at 5 a.m. 5.07 to be precise. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Caitlin. You're welcome. They tried to blow open a hole. Big enough in the bathroom's exterior, uh, but failed. So he was hiding in the bathroom with hostages. So they were trying to blow a hole. Just to kind of tunnel in. Exactly. You know, get them out of there Mm -hmm. and hopefully take them out. But successfully, they breached the building when policemen drove a Bearcat armored vehicle through the wall. So police were like, we're getting in. They just ran it. it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be how I would go about my hostage negotiations. (laughs) We're going in. (laughs) They used two flashbangs to distract Omar and then shot at him. Oh, wow. Well. I mean, they are using every... I mean... Yeah, they're like, fuck it, we're getting in there exactly. and taking him. So, did he live? I don't actually know. I don't remember. So, this drew Omar out into the hallway. So, okay. it's now 5.14 a.m. Oh, wow. after all this was happening. And now he's engaged with a shootout with officers. Oh, gosh. He was shot eight times and was killed. Okay. So it was 11 officers that fired 150 bullets to take him down. Oh my gosh. He was finally reported down at 5.17 a.m. Oh gosh. There's a lot of speculation on why he did it. I mean, he pretty much said, you know, you're bombing my country. So, you know, he was part of that ISIL type thing. Some people were saying he was actually a closeted gay. Yeah, because was, was a gay bar, was it, it was not? A, yes, I yeah. did, sorry I did not mention it. It was a gay bar, yes. But they were saying he was a closeted gay because he was on some sites maybe, but the government who, you know, was looking into it said we couldn't find anything of that. Mm. So it's just, you know, we don't know. The motive may still be unearthed. I guess so. I mean, I think he kind of said, like, this I'm is doing why. i this. Exactly. Yeah. And then for attention as well. I mean, who called a was, new site, 911, a few times? Just be like, yeah. hey, I'm the shooter. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Ugh. I don't want to give him the time of day. So, anyways. Oh, I have a quote. I was like, don't get on Kaylin's wrong side. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> what time is it? Fuck you. You're not getting it. Fuck a clock. How about that? <laughs> That's what time it is. <laughs> so. so, this is what Kanan says. I just want some answers. I want to see video. I want to know my situation, how it went down, and what really happened to me, my friend, and everybody else. Sometimes I'm mad at myself for not even trying a little harder. If it was really one person's shooting, ain't no way in hell we could have have done something to take that man out. I could be mad at him, but he's not living, so it's like crying over spilt milk. Oh, Kanan. I know. <sighs> Just you wait, my gosh. Okay. So, Kanan was one of the last survivors to leave the hospital on August 12th. So, he was there. So, that was June oh. 16th. 
when oh the shooting gosh, happened, and so now he's two leaving. months of mm-hmm. being in the hospital because well, he was in a coma for a month. That's right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. He was doing physical therapy, but had to stop after the appointments and the bills became overwhelming. Oh, I I know I'm not. I know Michelle. We all know. a whole other reason. <laughs> we all know Michelle's stance. Uh, I'm but, sorry, Kanan. But. Uh, the One Orlando Fund actually helped him get financial security and uh, bought him a house. <gasps> what? Yeah, they got him a house where his partner, Aaron, took care of him. Oh, my God. I know, right? <laughs> he says independence is hard to get, you know, because his partner wants to take care of him. But he's like, I want to try to get back my some of my independence, you uh, know. And he's in a wheelchair. He can't walk right so now. So is he, is this... Like, will he walk again, or is he wheelchair-bound for the rest of his life? He can or... walk again. He will walk oh, again. okay. Yes, it's, absolutely. I mean, I mean he... recovery. Well, I mean, I, there has... Okay, I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to it. Hold on. So, he also wanted to use some of that money to open up his own organization in West Orlando directed towards black LGBTQ youth that would include shelter, HIV testing center, and a place for them to be themselves. Be themselves. So this is his other quote. I just want to have my foot in the community. I never imagined myself to be involved in something like that, but I want to be someone people can look up to. I'm still here. God saved me out of everybody and I appreciate it. I'm not saying I'm like a bad person, but there are probably some hearts out there that are purer than mine. Oh, Kanan, <laughs> I love you so much. I know, right? God damn it. Uh. Well, pure than I don't think that's true, Kanan. I don't think so either. So he had around 25 surgeries. Oh and my gosh. he still has psychological scars. But of course, I mean. How could if, you not? How could you not? Especially losing his friend. Because his friend was in, military, in the military. Mm. And just him surviving and him not. It's just, it's just oh, a lot. Oh, I'm sure he's going through all kinds of stuff. I yeah. mean, oh gosh. He says, but with the, the support of the loved ones around him, he has gotten through it. So he has a good community around him. And uh, so I know I'm going to be, this is going to be an emotional episode. <laughs> FYI, so Caitlin. <laughs> one year after the tragedy, Kanan was one of the speakers at the vigil that was held at the Pulse nightclub. Mm. So he is now actually a activist and a motivational speaker. Like you can book him. Damn. Like, I know, yeah, you can book him to, you know, talk at... Whatever, whatever. I should wish. Yeah, exactly. Could be a convention or a seminar, you know, something. So that's really great. He has a personal mission to help support and guide victims and survivors in need. He tends to bring together communities in hopes of spreading enjoyable events to benefit those in need. Oh my god, Canon, you and I could be pals i know i want to be his best friend he sounds so amazing so with this whole walking thing there was some video of him standing and walking a little bit Mm. so i don't know if he's a hundred percent back maybe by this point Uh, maybe in 2021 maybe he is has got his strength back so i really hope so i really do i hope he's dancing that fucking salsa again i know right Mm -mm. because i know he said that he would like to go back there just oh god closure i mean i guess but I think the worst part of the whole situation is you take a place where you feel safe mm-hmm. and that is just ripped from you. And now it's like, where is safe? Exactly. And that's the part that actually all of it is all enraging. But that part, especially for me, mm-hmm. is like removing that safety is... 
Yeah, just, you're just trying to have fun, dance. Yeah, and you're having a good time, and you're, you know, just living your, for life. your friend outside the fucking restroom, and... Now you're fighting for your life. <sighs> it's insane. It is insane. No place, no public place is safe yeah. in the United States. Well, like, it was like that time when they went into the theater at, at the opening of uh, Batman. Was that Aurora, Colorado? I or think that so. Yeah. But, yeah, it was like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god. I'm just you trying to watch a movie. Shot in the movie theater. Exactly. Schools, Ugh. malls, concerts. The the pole shooting was in 2016 was the the most death in United States history from a one one shooter, shooter until the Las Vegas shooting. Oh god. Well, and what is awful? It's like, oh, another shooting, you know. Exactly. Another, it's like every day this another shooting and it's almost you become like apathetic to it yeah and that's fucking shitty also exactly um, like holy cow that sucks but that happens every day yeah it's, exactly what's new exactly and, oh that's terrible it's so terrifying too but it just shows yeah you the human spirit like fighting to live and it, i am continually astounded by it yeah the human I mean, spirit man so kanan Oh my gosh. Way to fucking pull through and yeah. be the better person. He said he was pronounced dead twice. I don't know when the second time was, but he was pronounced dead twice. Well, they took his ass to the morgue. Yeah. Well, could, they his said... His sister, could you fucking imagine? I, I would probably drop dead right there. They so didn't like, say morgue. They said a room full of bodies. So I'm assuming... <laughs> I'm assuming... I feel like morgue. it's practically the same thing. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. pop him in the cafeteria, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Because sometimes you don't know if that's, like, a reaction thing. Because that does happen. People, like, twitch or Yeah, they... or I know there's, like, a, oh, like, yeah. sort of noise they can make where... Like, they're trying to speak, but it's just the air is escaping, yeah. so... Well, and how much, how much positive impact is he having on the world now? Exactly, yeah. You know, Especially, I mean, ugh. He's a speaker, oh, at rallies. Kanan! Kanan. All right, sorry. Okay, God damn so it. I guess this is another heavy story, right? Maybe. Okay. Let's just kind of... Let's just jump into it. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is it's another near-death experience where the person died. Oh, okay. I'm like, isn't that what our podcast is about? You're like, uh, girl. (laughs) Near-death experience. I think, what is it? Is it near-death is what they call it? Near-death experience? That's what I thought. There's a specific word for people who have died and come back. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Near-death. NDEs. Near-death experiences. So I think it's people who have died and come back. Okay. This story is about Dr. Mary Neal. Okay. And as a little bit of a background, her and her husband are avid outdoor people. And they're very athletic. So they've been kayaking for many, many years. And they've kayaked on rivers all throughout the United States. They've kayaked internationally. They've... They're just... They're good kayakers, is kind of my point. They have lots of experience They're legit. Yeah, they're legit kayakers. So the two of them... Decide to go to Chile to go kayaking with some friends. Okay. And actually, the friends are also, uh, they run their own kayaking shop in Chile, it sounds like. Oh, wow. And so they they know the area. You know, everyone is very experienced kayakers, you know. So they were feeling really good about going out. Is Chile just a great place to kayak, I guess? Sounds like it. This one particular river is really well known for its waterfalls and things. Oh, beautiful. They probably also just, it's an excuse to travel the world and see lots of cool places. The four of them set out. And actually her husband 
doesn't go out with him that day because he had hurt his back like the previous day or something. Oh, that's too bad. So he sat it out that day. So her and three other people go kayaking. Okay. So they were going over a wide river that had quite a few drops Mm -hmm. and they were just going along. The person in front of her was kayaking and kind of going towards sort of a smaller chute. Um, oh, okay. That was a little bit more off the beaten path, if you will. And as she went down, she sort of went sideways a little bit and got stuck. <gasps> oh. And so Mary is kayaking behind her. And if she doesn't change course, she's going to hit the kayaker who's stuck. Okay. And so she's stuck right at the top of these, like, falls. Oh, wow. So she just needs to ride herself and then go along and she'd be fine. Oh, okay. But what happened is it forced Mary to make a turn and go down actually a much larger waterfall (gasps) than they were expecting. So as she went over, she could see there was no clean exit, like I said. And so she just assumed that she would go over the waterfall, over this sort of bigger waterfall. (gasps) She would hit the bottom, flip over, probably not be able to ride herself right away, but eventually be able to flip herself around a little bit further down. So she was expecting to be... Trapped underwater? Trapped underwater. Oh my gosh. I mean... Okay, a little while. Yeah. I mean, probably just like a few seconds, you know, maybe 10 seconds as she gets a little bit further away from the waterfall. And she says it's unpleasant, but it's just part of kayaking. She's experienced it before. She's had it happen multiple times. No big deal. Oh, okay. Okay. And she grew up around water, super comfortable on boats, super comfortable swimming, all that stuff. But she did always fear of drowning, always have a fear of drowning. Well, that's all of our fears. Yeah, I mean, like, I have a fear of that too, and I don't even kayak. She said um, that she always thought it would be something terrifying and horrible. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. So it does sound terrifying and horrible. So when Mary hit the bottom of the waterfall, the front of her boat became pinned under rocks underwater. Oh, So okay. she and her boat were completely submerged underwater, probably eight or ten feet down below. Oh, wow. And so her boat is trapped. So the boat is upside down. She's with her legs in the kayak still. Okay. Upside down. And the it's like there's rocks. And so she just can't get her boat out. That is terrifying. Stuck underwater. But she already knew she was going to be stuck a little bit, but not this stuck? Well, she figured she would be upside down and submerged underwater, but would oh. still be able to move head down the river a little bit, and then be able to ride herself. I and see. And kind of pop up above the water. But she's stuck in rocks now. She's stuck in rocks. Oh, my gosh. And, in fact, one of the guys who ended up finding her later just boated right over, right over the top of her and didn't even see her. So what? he went down yeah. a similar one. I don't know if he went down the smaller one or the bigger one that she did. But he just didn't even see her. Didn't even see her. Just kept on kayaking. <gasps> what? So rather than Mary being terrified, uh, she said she was actually very calm. Oh, really? She's a spine surgeon. She's used to super high stress situations. She's been underwater plenty of times, kayaking. So she immediately started to do all the things that she needed to do. So she tried to free herself. She tried to get herself out of the boat. She tried jiggling the boat. She tried to reach up and pull her spray skirt off, which I'm not fully sure what. I think that's the thing that sort of holds you inside the kayak for when you're like going hard. You know what I mean? That makes sense. But the volume and the force of the water 
was such that her torso was absolutely like completely pressed up against the front of the kayak. So she's kind of like folded in half oh underneath, the, underneath the water. She could not move at all. So she sort of recognized her predicament. Yeah. And was like, she was too far from shore. She had seen a couple people drown in waterfalls before. Mm. And she just sort of realized that she was, the chances of her getting out of this were pretty slim. Oh my gosh. And, but she still didn't panic. She made a conscious decision and asked that only God's will be done. And so she just sort of let go of control. Jesus, take the wheel. No, that's pretty much exactly (laughs) correct. And then Jesus came and took the wheel, according to her. Okay. Like, essentially, the minute that she decided to sort of give up control, she said she was immediately overcome with a physical sensation of being held and comforted. And she was being reassured that everything was going to be fine. Holy shit. Yeah. So her husband was going to be fine. Her young children were going to be fine. Whether she lived or died, you know, it didn't matter. It was all going to be okay. And so she said it wasn't happy or great or anything, but it was going to be fine. It was a content. Yes. Yeah. I could imagine that feeling. It just, I guess I've never been in that situation where it's like life or death and just having that like, a presence, like a calming presence, or I don't know, just it was yeah. interesting. Well, Actually, it's reassuring to me. Oh, yeah. you have a little story to tell? No. Oh, well, oh. just like when I was watching your house with Bear, your oh. dog, and we saw paranormal activity. Yes, the most terrifying scary. movie on earth. And then I had to go back to your house by myself watching, you know, Bear, but so I was terrified. And when I walked in your house, there was just weird. Like, I felt super calm. Like, it was just a good feeling in your house. I was just like, oh, I'm going to be just fine. This is okay. Yeah, but I've never, like, I've never walked into a house, like, I don't know, feeling that. Mm. I guess I wasn't scared going to someone's house. But since I was scared and I walked in, I was just like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's a There's, movie. There is good vibes in that house. There is really I told, good vibes. Like, I felt it when I moved, when I first, moved first in walked there. in. I was yeah. like, this is the house. Yeah. So. Okay. So, all the while, Mary is aware of her situation. Yeah. But she sort of had this curiosity about her situation. So, she's feeling fine, Uh but there's this other part of her that's like, this is a very interesting thing that is happening to my physical body. This is happening really fast, too, though, because she's underwater. How long can you hold your breath for? Yeah. Well, interesting. At this point, she knew she had been underwater too long to be alive. What? Yeah. She, but she actually felt more alive than she had ever felt in her whole life. And everything around her actually felt more real than when she was living her normal life. So she could feel the water. She could feel her kayak. She could feel the current slowly pulling on her body. And she could feel her knees bend back and break. And she could feel her ligaments tear. So she was conscious of all these injuries that were happening in her body, uh-huh. but it was more a curiosity, not something to panic about. So not only is she like stuck underwater and you can't breathe, she has a bunch of injuries to her yeah. body yeah, because of this. Yeah, she ends up, I think we'll go through it, um, what her injuries Because usually are. when I, it's all about me now, I guess, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Like, when I run out of water, like, I'm swimming and I run out of air, I panic. I'm like, I need air right now. Yeah. So, for her to be like, I should be dead right now, it's... But I'm not. I should mm. totally 
be dead right now. <laughs> she should totally be dead right wow. now. And in fact, I think she is, in fact, totally dead right now. She had no pain. She had no fear. She had no terror. She actually felt great. But she was conscious. Yeah. So she's... Whoa. Yeah. It was wild. trippy. It was trippy. So... At one point, she felt her body break away from the kayak and her body sort of coming out of the kayak. She could feel her spirit peeling away from (gasps) her body. Oh, no. Um, And she rose up and out of the river. And she was immediately sort of greeted on the other side, (gasps) if you will. What? Yeah, by a whole, all these spirits. And so... Like of who she knew or just like these... uh, What she says is... She didn't know know who they were, but she knew she knew them. And she sort of felt like she had all this time, so she didn't... She felt like she could sort of figure out who they were later. And so she wasn't too curious about who they were, but she knew that she had known them. Okay. Um, But it's not like, oh, there's my father. You know what I mean? Right. So they came, what she said, is to welcome her, guide her, and to protect her. And she was like protect me from what and she says she doesn't know but they she knows that they were protecting her okay wow that's beyond it's comforting so they had what she says a physical form head arms legs they were wearing robes and they were absolutely brilliant and radiating with light okay which i find sounds good and they were exuding incredible love so i know i was like oh okay yeah i find this just very comforting that you know Perhaps there are beings on the other I side know, right? that will help us and take us. And I sure hope so. A lovely and loving experience, mm-hmm. not a scary, you know, terror-filled. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, oh, here it is. They were talking about who were the people that greeted her. Oh, I see. She didn't actually look at them closely because they were taking her down this incredibly beautiful path to a dome-like structure, which was exploding with color and the absolute pure love of God. That's what she said she felt. Uh, She knew that basically it was the point of no return. It was the entrance to heaven is what she felt like this was. As she was walking down the path towards this Mm dome-like structure, uh, she was greeted by people and her feeling was... I know you, but we have plenty of time to chit-chat later. I just want to get down this path right now. So, as I said, she didn't take the time to see who they were, but she, again, felt like she knew them already. So, as she's going down the path in this spiritual realm, she could simultaneously look back and see what was happening at the river. What? Yeah. Okay. So, she could see her body getting pulled to shore, and she could see the guy, and... At this point, and I know this not actually from this particular interview, but from watching Surviving Death on mm. Netflix, um, where she tells her story. By the time she's pulled out of the water, she's been under the water for over a half an hour. What? And her body is becoming purple and bloated <gasps> and is already, I mean. Bloated? Yeah. Like, she's dead. I mean, Holy she's dead, shit. Dead. I mean, you can't be underwater for 30 minutes. No. And not be dead. So she could see her body get pulled ashore and she could see the guy start CPR and she knew that that CPR was happening on her. She looked at her body fondly and thought, that was a good ride. You know, thanks. I'll see you later. (laughs) She's like, I'm out. Yeah. I appreciate you body, but we're done. And one of the guys kept who one of the guys doing the cpr kept looking up and she thought that he was looking up right at her 
Oh. So she's in this sort of simultaneous, I'm in heaven and I'm also watching near my body and watching what's going on. So he kept calling, the guy doing the CPR kept calling out for her to take a breath. And eventually he, she would be so overcome with compassion at his pain. She would come back to her body, take a small breath and then depart again to keep heading down the path. But all the while she's kind of getting a little annoyed with him. Like, I just want to get down this motherfucking path and you keep calling me back and I got to take this stupid breath. And what he said later is he was irritated with her because she would take a breath and then stop breathing again. So he's doing CPR. He would think he got her revived. She would take a small breath and then she would... Stop breathing again, and then he would have to continue with the CPR. That's kind of funny, though. Yeah. Both of them were just irritating each other. She said it was interesting later to corroborate their stories. Yeah. They were both experienced. Her on the other side and him, and just like, ah, I'm going to kill you if you weren't already dead. (laughs) So off in the spirit world, if you will, she is overcome by a sense of being home. And she was where she truly belonged And even though she loved her husband and her children dearly, it just didn't compare to the love that the pure love that she felt on this other side. But it's not to say that that love for her family was diminished at all. Absolutely. So she knew she had had a great life and she was surprised that she had absolutely no desire to return to her body. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. She says she still feels slightly guilty saying that but that's how you feel I mean, yeah. yeah she's in fact said she didn't talk to him about it for many years oh really because of you know just that guilt and mm-hmm. so she eventually got down the path mm. on this on her experience on the other side and inside the big archway she could see many spirits inside angels people mm-hmm. and i mean that was her perception she doesn't know what they were, but they were all running around. They were all very busy, um, and she wasn't sure what they were doing, but she figured they were busy doing God's work. Oh. <laughs> and when she arrived, they looked up, and she had this sense that they had, they were so joyful to see her. Aww. Like, they were just, hooray, you're finally here. Oh, <laughs> oh my thing. gosh. I know. It just makes me so happy, the idea of this is on the other side. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So at this point, she's ready to drive, to dive across the threshold to be with all these spirits. And as she was pushing to do so, the spirit who had taken her there along the path said that it actually was not her time and that it was time to go back to her body and go back to earth and that she had more work to do. And she was like, hell no. Yeah. I'm staying like, sorry, I'm not leaving. This This is is amazing right now. She kept thinking, like, they got it wrong. You can't make me go back. But they gave her some information about some of the work she still had to do. And then they took her back to her body. I know they told her a secret. And I don't know if I want to... Well, I I probably should just tell you what the secret is. Well, you have to Well, I will. You say a secret, I I gotta know. Well, they, yeah, they told her a little secret. So I'll I'll get back to that in a second. So now she's reunited with her body. And she was awake and conscious and had a heartbeat. She was breathing, but now they were in the middle of nowhere in Chile, down a river that's incredibly inaccessible. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now they thought after they had resuscitated her, 
what are we going to do with her now? Mm-hmm. She needs to get medical medical attention right away. So what they did is they ended up strapping her to the top of a kayak and they started carrying her out. So they, okay. right, it was like a, you know, a board or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So one guy had a machete and started hacking a path through the bamboo hillside. And it was like typical for them to take three steps forward and two steps back. Like they just kept having issue and issue and issue trying to get her into a place where they could get her medical help. So it took them several hours to get her to a hospital. Holy cow. Yeah. And then even once they got her to the hospital, it was touch and go from there. Mm. I mean, she had, let's see, multiple fractures and torn ligaments all through her leg. Like both of her legs essentially were completely broken. Holy cow. But what's amazing is she had zero brain damage. She had nothing wrong whatsoever with... She was dead. She she had no oxygen for 30 minutes. And to come away with that with no brain damage is pretty much a miracle on her own. Okay. All right. Yeah. So getting back to the expectations Uh for her life and what she was told on the other side. Please. So what they ended up sharing with her is that her oldest son would be killed. Yeah, would be what? would die suddenly around his 18th birthday. Oh my gosh! And I think at the time, I want to say he was like six or something like. Like he was pretty young, mm-hmm. and so she lived his whole childhood just in pure terror. Yeah, like the whole time, and finally, when it came to his 18th birthday, uh-huh. she ended up telling him, like, I had was told this you know that you were gonna die suddenly and then turns out on his 20th birthday or not or around his 20th birthday he was killed in a (gasps) car accident no and And she said that even though she had essentially been prepared for it almost entire life his entire life you know nothing could have prepared her for the grief absolutely you know losing her son that's awful. <laughs> Holy know. cow. Uh, so. Why? Oh. Can, why would, <laughs> know, why would they tell her that? I think, I'm not sure, actually. Let me see if I can, if she like, explains. I mean, I guess she stopped it on his 18th, but still, like, I, I don't know. Dude, life is fucking weird. It's probably, you know, just to really use the time. That you've got with them and just, you know, live it to the fullest as much as you possibly can. That's a better Um, reasoning than (laughs) kind of morbid. But um, she says, despite that, her experience is still very real Mm -hmm. and reinforced her feelings, her love for God and her Mm. feelings towards God. And even despite, you know, having her son, you know, tragically die. Yeah. So... Her sort of biggest takeaway mm-hmm. of all this is to let God be God, if you mm. will. She says that's it's really hard for her. She's a type A personality. She's no. a planner. <laughs> she likes to control the outcome of everything. Yeah. And you don't get to be successful, you know, successful in quotes, in our culture without being a controlling person. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was sort of Go her getter, hard worker. Exactly. Yeah. Nose to the grindstone. Mm-hmm. And if you go, 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 you're going to succeed. And she's still a planner. She still organizes. But she says every minute of every day, she stops and decides to sort of give up the outcome. And as I said, let God be God. Okay. And so... 
she's still she I think she has she does quite a few talks yeah and you I think she's had a TED talk and again she uh is like the first interview you see on surviving death on Netflix. okay wow oh. holy cow like I I've never heard that story before. That's crazy. No, it's... All of it. Wild, just... Is that the secret that her son was going to die? Yeah, that was the secret. <gasps> oh. And I just can't even freaking imagine going through life with that knowledge. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. It's just like the... all the time. Yeah, it's just like that scary movie. It's like an app that tells you when you're going to die. It's like <laughs> you have like five days. It's like, holy shit, okay, well... I have uh, a lot to do. Exactly. Oh, my God. Like, it's terrible knowing... Oh my gosh, that's well. And what it sounded like is she got just gotten to a point where she essentially let her guard down, and mm. he's eighteen now. That was probably a load of crap. I mean, there was right. So... No, exactly. He lived through his eighteenth birthday. He's like, oh, okay. So he, I helped, you know, stop whatever was supposed to happen. Yeah. And then, well, and she said that she kept trying to disprove it to herself because if. It was all BS. That meant mm-hmm. her son was probably going to live. And what oh, they my said gosh, was my not heart. true. I know. That's so sad. That's so young. But I do take solace, you know, that he is probably up there in that dome. And Yeah, it sounds like it's just pure bliss. Very comforting. It is comforting to know because, you know, when you lose someone, it's so hard on you. Yeah. But knowing them, they're on their side, like, living it up. You know, like, hey, I'm, I'm at comfort. I'm, I'm good. Well, and I think so much, well, in my own spiritual beliefs, if you will, I just feel like the separation is the illusion, if you will. Mm. And we're all actually together and all the people that you've lost, you're actually still together. And yeah, but just there's sort of that veil in the physical world that we let come down. This is all very deep, man. I know. This is a kind of a a very deep. Deep well, episode. Yes, thank you, Caitlin. I like to think there's something on the other side. I really hope so. If that that sounds what she described, sounds nice. It I'll, does sound I'm nice. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'll go take a walk on a walkway. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Along the pathway to yeah. the dome, uh, yeah. where everyone loves you and are overjoyed to see you. Like, holy shit, it's Caitlin. I'm like, oh my god, hey. I don't... Well, and I just like the point. I think she said there that it's not just that they were overjoyed because someone showed up. They were overjoyed because she, she showed yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, just like uh, cheers. You're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you're I'm here welcome. Where everyone knows your name. <laughs> oh, that was a good show. Uh, oh, wow. Lord. Okay. Well. well, I'm going to drink the rest of my Tom Collins. Yeah. Mm. Well, those are really, those are really oh. deep, good stories. I highly recommend, um, at least watching the first episode. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that show yet, but I don't, I definitely need to watch it. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please follow uh, us on all social media. Webs, uh, my gosh, okay. One I second. know, maybe try Tom Collins because they're strong as fuck, yeah. apparently. Yeah, bring back Tom Collins. Let's bring back. It's, it's That's going to be our stand. Bring yeah. back Tom Collins. That's very good. Hashtag bring back Tom. I'll try this again. So thank you so much for listening and please follow us on all social media platforms and also our website, I should totally be dead right now, dot com. Also, you can email us at I should totally be dead right now at gmail.com or through the social media. You know, we get messages through that too. So, whatever. It's great. Thank you so much <laughs> uh, again. And we'll see you next time. Woo-woo. All right. Thanks. Bye. I don't know why I said thanks. I said thanks. 
We always, I don't ever say thanks myself. Okay. I was like, thanks guys. 